All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Humble and Hungry podcast with DaVinci Jordan. Sir, we're back at it. This is, uh, we're starting to get a pretty big catalog going here. And just when I thought I figured out what we were doing, you throw a curveball at me. I know, man. I'm, I'm excited. A good thing about Game Face is that we train so many different types of athletes and we train so many different types of sports, which, you know, it's a blessing. Yep. So with that being said, today we've got Troy Trouble Jones on. Who is Troy? What did, does he did, do? Go back to the, the other name, Trouble Jones. <laughs> Trouble <laughs> Jones. That's right. Yeah, he's a he's a Muay Thai fighter. Um, he's been one of our clients for about five years now. Um, he's been with us. We've been with him on his journey. Um, he's a guy who is a great person, and if you meet him, you wouldn't think he was a fighter. He's just a great person. Can can confirm. So Troy, uh, super excited to have you on the podcast. Obviously, welcome in. It's gotten to to know you a little bit since Game Face and Lifetime joined up. Um, so I'm going to throw it to you right away. Is how do you know Game Face and Deventry? What is your perspective on this? Uh, so when I moved back from Thailand, uh, I just wanted to uh, add some more like different style of training so I can get like because I played college football and I played football my life so I've had that explosive training and I was missing that as part of my my development and I knew uh, Antoine which was when he was one of our Brooklyn coaches at the yeah, time yep. in Brooklyn Park. And then Antoine went somewhere else, and then I just stayed with Game Face with DaVinci and Nico. And, I mean, it just, like, elevated my game, like, just, like, from football, like, just being explosive and, like, having muscle mass and, like, functional muscle mass and not just, just getting big. So I, I needed a specialist to come in and help me, like, navigate how to work out for my sport. So you you were referred essentially through a connection to Game Face. Mm -hmm. You walk in, you're in Brooklyn Park. It's a pretty big facility at that point. Yeah. You meet DaVinci. What's that like? Did he sell you right away? Or were you just like, oh, I'll give it a shot? Oh, yeah. It was cool right off the bat. Everybody, Nico, it was just like uh, my boys, my brothers. Same feel. It's the same thing I get now. So All right. Now, it was natural. Now, DaVinci, your turn. What was it like with this guy walking in? He walked in. And he sweats a lot, first yeah. of all. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this guy sweating? So is he just, did he get out the swimming pool? So no, I'm meeting Troy. He's, it was a good, it was, it was good because he's focused and he's determined and he knows what he wants to do. Did you tell it right away when meeting him? Yeah, you could. And you could tell from his work ethic. And you knew he played sports from the way he moves. So did you peg him as a fighter right away or when he no. said, hey, I'm, no. I'm here to learn how to fight better? No, I thought he was like a safety or a corner. <laughs> you know, working out. Then he said, "I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Muay Thai fighter." I'm like, "Okay." He said, "What's you know, that? <laughs> what's that?" Tell me more, because I wanted to know. Because this is we've trained fighters, like amateur fighters, but not somebody who's naturally ranked. So for us to be the best and help him, I had to do research. I had to understand like what are the movements like. I'll ask Troy a ton of questions. Then I'll go back. I'll look at my books and I'll study. How can I help him prepare for his fights? And we're always talking about, hey, are you gaining weight? Do you need to cut weight? You know, um, are, how are you feeling today? Are you getting any, are you injured? And, you know, what type of guy are you getting ready to fight so we know how to train him? Yeah, no, that's great to hear. So when you say fighters, does that mean you were you were training maybe like boxers or UFC fighters, kind of like maybe what yeah, mainstream yeah. we're used to? Yep, yep. Gotcha. So then you're essentially got to do some homework, figure some things out. Mm-hmm. 
I guess, how has that been different for you? Because I'm assuming you can't treat him like a maybe a team sport athlete, basketball, no, no. football, baseball, whatever it is. So we do a lot of rotational movements for Troy, a lot of single arm movements, um, work on rotational power, also working on him absorbing impact and, and being able to redistribute it back to the back to the fighter. So, and he's real good at that. And I think that's why he's so highly ranked and, and also hand-eye coordination, ankle stability, knee stability. So we do a lot, a lot of that with him. Gotcha. So Troy, I guess coming to game face back then, were you already ranked? Where were you at in your career at that point? Had you been fighting professionally for a lot of years? I guess just kind of take us to that point in time and, and where you're at in your career. No, I was, uh, I had just turned professional when I moved to Thailand. So I lived in Thailand for like almost a year and I was training over there, fighting over there. And I was like, when I went over there, I was training for the world games, which is like the, like Muay Thai and kickboxing isn't in the Olympics, but they have their own like world tournaments similar to the Olympics. So I was training for that because I qualified prior to leaving to Thailand. So I was over there getting ready for that. And then when I came back, I was just like probably like six fights in. So I just turned pro over there for six months. So I wasn't ranked. I, I just got signed to one of the bigger kickboxing promotions. So I know I needed to, to like add another element of my training, not just uh, just fighting and, and sparring and all that type of stuff that comes with kickboxing and Muay Thai. I needed to add another element so I can be at the top. And that's why I chose to come through and check out what they were doing. And it meshed well with what I wanted because I've experienced it before. So I knew exactly what I needed. I just needed to find the right situation. Sure. I guess. And what was it like you being in, in a facility amongst other non-Muay Thai fighting athletes? It, like, what was the environment like for you back then? Oh, it was the same, like, back in, like, a weight room at Mankato. It's the same, like. Just uh, like everyone's there to, to get better. Everyone's there grinding, working hard. It's the same that I felt before. So it's nothing that I haven't felt before. So it was just, it just brought me back, reminiscing a little bit. Yeah. You know, so it was nice. Nice familiar feeling. Yeah, we, yeah. We hear family a lot when we talk to athletes right. as well. So I guess eventually, you know, you brought Trey into the family. He's just starting his professional career. Um, I guess kind of what was your plan for him and going along the way, because I guess maybe Troy can jump back in. Did you know when your next fight is? Like, because aren't they kind of scheduled uh, throughout the year? I mean, you're not fighting a lot during the year, are you? No, not as a pro. Uh, but it, I, I had like an idea. So when I signed, they told me I would be fighting at some point, like in December. I think it was like I got back in August and I started training with them like September, October, something like that. And then they said, I'll be fighting in a couple months. But then that changed and it got pushed back to March. So then we just had more time to get ready. Yeah, so the thing, what, we, what we've tried to do is take him in different phases. Um, and then we try to deload him at the right time so he's ready to fight. Um, you know, we hit, you know, because we're, we're, we're training him for a period of two to three months at a time. So we don't want to overtrain, but we want to train take like a muscle car. You know, before they come off the line, they're revving their engines, right? So we wanted him, like, primed and ready by the time he leaves for his fight. Mm -hmm. Is there a lot of weight gaining and cutting in your sport? Yeah. I would say you try to minimize the weight gaining <laughs> in between. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I do cut some weight. I do a lot more dieting than I do cutting. 
So it's like a difference. Mm-hmm. So I cut water like that last week, maybe five to seven pounds of water weight that last week before I fight. But up until then, I'm dieting down. So okay. I like I try to get if I'm 20 pounds over, I try to be 15 pounds or down 15 pounds by the week of my mm-hmm. fight. Again, you take this into consideration, like, again, like the level of detail to which you and your staff go into these things. I mean, clearly, I'm assuming you guys have talked about his diet. I think let's talk about that at a high level and then let's hear kind of what your diet is. So we talk. So when he comes in, so let's say like now Troy just won a belt. So he gets a time, a period of time off, let his body completely reset, um, get some time with family. And then we kind of lock back in and focus. So. We talked to him, how are you feeling? How did you feel through your last fight? We kind of do an intake on him, and then we start all over again. Um, usually we go into a hypertrophy phase where we're kind of priming his body. We hit a strength phase, then we hit a dynamic effort phase. Then we go into a deload, and then there's a lot of cardio going into his next fight because he's trying to cut weight, but also we, we, we want to we go into anaerobic exercises so that when he's out there fighting, he's not grasping for air, and he understands how to breathe you know, in a Lamas, we call it the Lamas position. So we, we, we talk about that a lot. So it's where I can tell you, we've had some workouts where I'm, uh, you know, he'd be on a virgin pass and all, I think he's gonna beat me up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, um, stop bike. And, and the cool thing is it's recovery because being here now, we have everything. You know, like Troy being a fighter, like some of these basketball players, he was going here to get recovery done, going here to do this, going here to do that, to maintain. So now really, he doesn't have to go anywhere. We have everything that he needs under one roof. Yeah. Awesome. So, Troy, it sounds like the diet is something you've really dialed in as a part of your performance. So the is it is it maybe there's multiple prongs to approach. We have obviously your Muay Thai training. You've added in the sports performance training, um, recovery, nutrition. Talking about nutrition, are, do you feel like you're on a special diet? What is kind of your diet going to these things? And um, how I guess how did you land on the current diet that you're on? Um, so my last fight was my 71st fight, so I've been through it enough. I've experimented with a lot of different different things. I've been vegetarian, I've been vegan, I've done fish only, I've done I've done all of it. So now I have like a a good approach to my method of what how I want to to lose weight. So now I usually cut out red meat, just have like chicken salmon shrimp usually and then a lot of green vegetables power five the broccoli brussels sprouts asparagus spinach and kale so i have all those in and i cut down on my carbon takes so like rice and stuff like that bread i don't eat a lot of it i get my carbs from either the the vegetables i'm eating or some fruit so and then intermittent fasting as well and then I run a lot too, mm-hmm. so I run about five miles every day. So that all, all everything, and just helps me just yeah. keep cutting down. I try to lose about two, three pounds a week. So if I get 10, 10 weeks or eight weeks, two, three pounds a week, that's no, perfectly fine. So then, what about normal? Do you feel like you have like a normal diet when you're not cutting, like those months leading up to it, or have you found that restricting certain items helps you? I've done it both ways. <laughs> yes, he has. Yes, he has. So I've gone. I've gotten really big before, and it sucks to get back down. And then now, like, I'm as I'm gotten older and I've 
figured out my body and and stuff like I can have days where I can have like stuff that I actually want like go to Chipotle or Five Guys or something like that so I can have one or two of those days a week but primarily I'm in a routine I try to keep it pretty similar to what I'm what I've been doing so I don't get too big and I don't stay too small what a, what a great problem to have to venture I know like, <laughs> I'm sitting here like Chipotle, yeah, Chipotle, Five Guys, yeah. Five Guys. <laughs> is yeah. today one of those days? Can, we, it, can we go to Chick Fil A? Does Chick Fil A have free sandwiches today? <laughs> you it know? can be. Um, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like a part of that, right? He's got a a lot of different things going on. So I guess, how much do you guys try to take off his plate so that he doesn't have to, you know, carry all these different burdens on his own? So like you guys being the experts in in your area, I guess, how much of that can you guys take off just so? He, I'm saying he just wants to show up, and you guys take it from there. All Troy has to do, nutritionally-wise, he's just different. He understands what he needs to eat. He has a, a wonderful wife mm-hmm. that also stays on top of him about his nutrition. Um, but performance-wise, Troy, he knows when he walks in, he doesn't have to think about anything but just perform. Um, and he does it at a high level, and he takes his craft seriously, which makes it easier for us. Um, you know, and so... Like for him being a nationally ranked fighter now, world ranked, world ranked. Sorry, world yes. ranked. I'm on world side, world ranked. Get it right, world. I've ranked been number fighter. one here. Yeah, yeah. He's number one in the U.S. Been there. So it take and we take it more seriously um, because we want him to keep that status, and he he's worked for it. He's worked his tail off to get to where we're at, just like where we're at. So um, you know, we use that approach. Meet athletes where they're at. You know what I mean? So Troy's an exception to the rule. Yeah. You know, and especially from him transitioning from football to fighting. You get a lot of people that try to do that and are not successful. Yeah. How was that for you? So I guess it sounds like football was your main sport. You played in college, it sounded mm-hmm. like. I guess just talk through your, your kind of sports career in general. Multi-sport athlete maybe growing up? Oh, yeah. I played uh, football, basketball, ran track. Not basketball. Uh, man, break your ankles. <laughs> in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. I went to Park Center, so that was another. He had trained a lot of people yep. that went to Park Center, so I kind of knew, like, Heather and Jordan Salas, yep. and they all, Quentin like, yeah, Quentin. Monty, all yeah. those guys. They yeah. all put, told me this is a game face is a really good place. But, like, growing up, I played all the sports, like, every major sport. Obviously, every kid who plays sports wants to go to the highest level they can. And I thought that the same for me. But when I graduated, I didn't pursue football anymore. I didn't want – just didn't feel like I didn't have the passion to drive for it anymore. So then I was just working and working out. Like, I wanted to get really big. So I got up to, like, 230 just lifting weights. And then – I just stumbled upon the gym, like the academy. I just Googled it. And then, like, some one of my friends put it in my ear, like, man, you should, like, do fighting or try MMA or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did always have, like, an interest because I did kickbox or karate when I was, like, in elementary school. And just watching certain movies, like Bloodsport, Kickboxer, movies like that, like, put those thoughts in my head, like, oh, what is this sport, Muay Thai? Like, it looks cool. It looks dope. So then when I graduated, I went and just went to a gym. And then I trained for a whole year, didn't even think about competing. And then I just, like, at the end, like, there's, like, this national tournament. It's called the TBA, Thai Boxing Association. And they have, like, 
over like 500 to 1,000 fighters that come into Iowa for a weekend of just like fighting for like four or five fights in a weekend, just to like a national tournament. And then I won that, and then I'm like, okay, all right, I'm pretty good at this. Let me see what, what I can do. And then, um, so it was an accident. It was kind of like an accident. I just stumbled upon the sport. But once I started doing it, I fell in love with it. And uh, like just my work ethic from what I've already done in my life, that it was easy for me to just like turn it over and just go and put what I learned from football, being on the field every day, two days, watching film, all that stuff. I just brought it with me. And, but it's just a different sport. So same approach, but different uh, sport. So I think two important things. The first one, eventually, that all dreams come through Iowa. You should hear that. <laughs> As a native, it's important that you know that we have something to offer. I think it's just that you guys just have land. And people need a lot to, of it. People it need to go cheap. do something. <laughs> two, my question for you, Troy, is, how was it going from a team sport athlete where a lot of your success or lack of depends on other people? It's you now. It, whether or not you win, lose, train, don't train, it's up to you. I Did you it. enjoy that more I knowing that it. you were in control of your destiny? Absolutely, yeah. I could see that. It's uh, like for football, like, because I play safety, so I was kind of con controlling what mm -hmm. was going on in the defense. So, like, with my corner misreads my call that I'm giving him and he lets someone get over get over top of him and I gotta go go help him instead of doing what I'm supposed to do. So now like I go into fighting and I walk in with a team but I'm fighting by myself. So like everyone who's helped me get ready up until the point I step over the ropes. That was a team effort, but when I get in the ring, it's all on me. There's no one to blame, but everyone to thank. So, like, when I look at it, if I lose, it's on me. If, if I win, we did, like, we did what we were supposed to do. Any, any follow-ups for you real quick? Yeah, I'm a little upset with Troy. He knows why. So, <laughs> we go through COVID. We train for a year. Yeah. He gets his fight lined up, right? It's a title fight. And we talked about this. He says, hey, DaVinci, I'm going to let the fight go for a little while. I'm not <laughs> going to knock the guy out right away. I turn on the fight, and it's over in like 10 seconds. It was like a minute 30. But it might That's like, like coming out to the music. <laughs> That's coming out to the music. You look at each other. As soon as it went ding, he swung, and was out. Dude came out aggressive. So I had a game plan, but... With anything, you got to be able to adapt. So I was envisioning like it being so Muay Thai. It's like um, if you if you have never seen it, it's just like punching, elbowing, kneeing, and kicking, and then you can like grapple a little bit. Just <laughs> yeah. So it's all that, but it's no ground game. You like if you can't get taken to the ground like in MMA, but. The pace is slower at first because in Thailand there's a lot of betting going on, so they the people in the crowd are are betting on those first two rounds to see who who they like and who they want to bet on. So the rounds are the pace is a little slower in those first two rounds. So I was expecting to be in one of those like traditional Muay Thai fights where the pace is a little slow and you're just picking up data, just learning, seeing what the person does. 
this guy came out super aggressive, so I had to adapt and collect the data a lot quicker and sooner. And I seen my opportunity. And my coaches always say, "Don't play with your food," so I just put them down. Quick. <laughs> okay. It was like it was like the guy never trained. He was good though. He was ranked in the world. He was top ten. And he had his record was what thirty one and four, so he was a good dude. It's just I'm better. Like he probably tried to come out with something different, you know. Yeah, it's all you know. Tactics yeah. probably trying to yeah. surprise you. He did surprise you had a game me. Game plan. I had a game plan going in, and he dropped yeah. his hands and. Yeah. So uh, I kind of want to talk about this because I think this is a unique when we talk about competition. Yeah. With like Quentin and our basketball guys and even uh-huh. football guys, you know, like yeah, you line up. It's me versus the guy across the line. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. You, what is it, I guess, like for you, kind of like you got the music, you get into the ring. I apologize. Okay, ring, good. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like kind of walk us through the feelings and the motions it is for you because just like another athlete, you can't get caught up in the moment. Um, you're there to do a job. You've watched the film. You've prepared your t- plan tactically. But I guess like... What is it like for you being a fighter, quote unquote? Um, you're still an athlete there to compete in your in your sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got to feel confident. You got. I go in with the ultimate confidence because I deserve to have that confidence because I put in the work. So me walking down to the ring, I'm just I'm feeling myself. I'm in my bag. Is what the kids will say. I'm in my bag, and I just feel like every time I get closer and closer, you can even hear this from uh, Mike Tyson, every time I'm getting closer and closer to the ring, I just feel more invincible because, like, I am I know I put in the work. I know I've trained super hard. I know I've, I'm skilled because I wouldn't be here if I wasn't. And, like, you enjoy the moment. Like, you don't get many opportunities to fight. Like, you have to, like, same with any sport. You shouldn't be too high, shouldn't be too low, you should be trying to be in the moment and enjoying it and just like letting it come, like take your time, take your time on the way, say what's up to your people in the crowd, enjoy it, like I try to enjoy it, I'm trying to get better at that because I'm always about like what's next, like I just want this, Mm -hmm. all right, who cares, that's nothing, like what's next for me, so now I'm trying to be more present, just being there and just like the competitive things, you've got to be in like a savage mode. Like, I want to destroy the person in front of me. I want to take a soul, literally. And even though afterwards we can be friends, but prior, I don't like nothing about you. Like, cause I, that's what I need to get into my zone. That's the, the mindset that I need to be in. And I just take that, and from the beginning of my camp, it's literally the same. Like, I just zone in, grind, and just think about destroying this dude. The psychology of this sport seems to be far more extreme than any of the other athletes we've talked about. Or maybe not extreme. How about this? Important, right? You know, I think that it's yes and no. You know, you got our other guys that we train, they want to be the best at what they're doing too, right? They're just in more of a team environment. Um, I think that it gets more exposed because Troy is by himself. But all the other athletes, they want to be the best too, right? And even for them, they're fighting for a roster spot. They're fighting to get playing time. They're fighting to make it to the next level, you know? And I think there's a lot of similarities in 
between fighting and what Troy does on his own versus somebody being on a team. And at the end of the day, you know, he's in the ring, but he has a team behind him, mm-hmm. coaching him up, telling him, hey, do this, do that, do that, do this, don't do that, don't do this. And it's going to be on him to do it and deliver that, right? Like he said, he's collecting the data. And that's what we like to do too, right? Collect data. We like to say, hey, are we doing this the right way? Or are we not? What do we need to modify? What do we need to change? Can we be better at doing this? You know, and not falling for the status quo of thinking we've arrived, right? We can always get better. We can always learn something. Can't ever get comfortable. No. So, correct. I probably misspoke. I should have said psychological warfare, maybe. Yeah, that's good. I think it's the same. Because, like, when I play football, that's a team sport, and I know my the guys on my defense, we all trying to destroy. We don't want to hurt them, like, cause any injuries, but we want to destroy them. Mm-hmm. We want to beat them down where they they give up. And it's the same. As far as, I don't know about offensive mentality, but as a defender and on defense on a football team, like, that's what we wanted to do. Yeah. So I guess, like, kind of what goes in that preparation for you um, like I'm coming in, in it from like I see all the weigh-ins you know, on TV, right? You know, some people <laughs> laugh at people's face. Yeah. Some people just stand there, just rock, you know, mm-hmm. solid, nothing like that. I guess like, what's your approach to that? Like, what's your style? So that's that's like with anything. There's different types of people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the type of person that I need to want to destroy you. Some people just want to go in there and have fun. Some people are more aggressive. I don't know. I think the weigh-ins is an awkward situation anyway, to, in itself. Yeah, you like <laughs> you naked. You, you naked. Like, you you naked. Like you just stepped on a scale. We all just like got our like sweated out X amount of pounds. Our breath stinks because we ain't had no food or drank any water all day. So you like, it's just awkward. But you have to, it's all like a warfare. So I stay there. I stand and I'd like try not to break eye contact and see what I can see if there's any chink in the armor. And I'm sure every person who's standing in front of me, like, oh, I see something. Oh, I, there he goes. He just blinked. So then it's just like you find whatever you need to find in that moment to help you just to keep staying confident within yourself. Does that go into like what your hair looks like? Like this, they're, you're, the the trunks or like the color oh, yeah. of gloves, everything else. Like oh, I mean, yeah. this is top to bottom, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to be fresh. Uh, Deion Sanders said, "Just look good, feel good, play good." So there you go. Prime time. Did prime I just, time. Did prime I just embarrass time. myself prime as time. not a football yeah. <laughs> So just like that, like I want to look good, I want to feel good, so I can perform good. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. Like I remember my coach, my in tenth grade told me that same thing. I had like some ankle socks on. He was like, man, take them socks off. Go put some on. <laughs> he said, you got to look good to play good. You got to yeah. play good to feel good. Or you got to look good to feel good. You got to feel good to play good. Yeah. So it's just like, it's always been there for me. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing different. I like it. So I guess you've been around him now through through five years, you said, a lot of parts of his career. How have you seen him develop um, not only as an athlete, but especially off the field. Hmm. Great oh, question. Whatever the version of that is for you outside of the outside ring. Outside of the ring. He has two more he has two kids now. Okay. Yeah. Um he he he's a lot calmer. He's um <laughs> he uh he he when you have a family, you treat it every day as 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 you have something to lose, right? 
So you could you could tell that when he trains, it's everything is serious, and I only have so much time to get stuff done. So everything I need to do it needs to be calculated. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time for BS. I need to get in, get out because I got something else to do, right? And there's so many different hats that he has to wear, right? He has to be a fighter, he has to be a husband, he has to be a father, you know, and then trying to find time for himself, right? So um, he, he's just coming a long way, you know, um, just as a person, as a friend, you know. And um, like I said, uh, I, I enjoy his journey, you know, because he's serious about it. And I believe that within the next couple of years, he will be number one in the world. Facts. All right, Trey, so it sounds like you've had some int- some big life changes as well throughout your career. How, how has that been for you, probably making your life not less complicated, more complicated, but it sounds like you're at some of the best years of your career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've added two kids. I'm a, I'm a father now. Um, it just like, like makes it more structured. Like, like DaVinci said, like I literally have to, if I miss – my morning session, I can't make that up now throughout the day. So it makes me be a creature of habits. So now that just creates being in that habit all year instead of just when I had fights. So now it's just all year. I'm just, it's a lifestyle now. Like prior, I was chasing that. Now I've reached what I wanted to reach. Like I'm in a position where I can compete for world titles and as a pro and not just as an amateur. Like I'm in those positions where I'm ranked in two separate sports in the world. So in kickboxing, I'm seventh and Muay Thai, I'm like 18th. So like now I have like people, like a list of people that I can start targeting now and just being able to have those habits that as created as being like just having this more structure like having yeah, but, a family but also you targeting but also you being targeted of course yeah and i like that like come on like i've had trouble finding fights people don't want to fight me so if you got a target you want me on your list you know where to find me it's simple <laughs> but just like having that structure like 
if I miss, like, say I, I take my kids to daycare at 9, I have to be at the gym at 10 so I can get my session in, my two sessions in then. Then I go home, eat, come to the game phase and get my second or, second or third session in, whatever, how I'm doing in that camp. And then I pick my kids up or get some recovery time, eat again, pick my kids up, play with them, be family, be dad and then put them to bed and then go back to the gym. So like I make sure I have to have those times. They're blocked off, like they're already set. So if I miss one, I can't make it up any other time. So it just makes me be more just schedule wise, just just a creature of habits. Yeah. Oh, that's that's impressive. It's it's kind of funny sometimes when we have more going on we perform better right because there's less chance for complacency or Mm -hmm. distractions and i think we've seen that across a lot of different things so um all right davinci you want to pull out some 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 i guess advice from from troy Troy, you just people out here are going to hear this podcast that are transitioning or maybe some people were just beginning in muay thai and kickboxing you know, and you're ranked in the world, and at one time in your life you weren't. Like, what advice? What would you tell them? Uh, stick to the basics. Learn your stance, your structure first. All the fancy stuff it doesn't win fights. The basics win fights. Be consistent in your training. Give every training session a hundred percent, because you don't know if it's gonna be your last or if you just stop training altogether like you have to love what you're doing so that gives you the passion to keep doing what you're doing um yeah just give every day 100 percent, really like because they're like as an athlete your window is very short like you can't be a you can't be an athlete for 40 years 50 years as you can do with other professions so you have to use every day you have to use it 100%. If you look back 10 years, 20 years, when you're done, you look back and you be like, I could have pushed harder. That's not something you want. So That's good. That's good. Yeah. I take it. Take every day as, you know, in the moment you have when an opportunity today? presented to you. Um, what about from a, like a sports performance standpoint? What is one thing that you've learned or you've adopted into your routine that you're like, I wish I knew this 10 years ago? Sleep. What about it? You got to sleep. Your body needs to recover. So, like, if you're training as much as I train, I'm training, like, three, four, five times a day sometimes. So my body is always in go mode. I'm always going. So you have to have that time to recover. And like Recovery is very important. So sleeping, being hydrated, like, if you have, if you're off on either one of those, your performance takes a hit. So, definitely recover. And I'm assuming you've you've seen and felt tangible benefits from that. Absolutely, I've been on both sides. Like, cause I used to work uh, before I returned pro. I worked 40 hours a week and I trained like 30, 35 hours a week. So I'm like literally burning the candle at both ends. But I was younger then too, so I was like able to push through. Now. I need more sleep because I'm training a lot harder mm-hmm. and I'm putting my body through a lot more. So I need to take my time with my sleeping and recovery, like massages and cryotherapy, ice baths, all that type of stuff. Like you need to do that to keep your body in peak performance. 
So knowing that you train a lot, but like how much sleep do you try to get a night and do you take naps? I don't take naps because I, if I take a nap, I'm up later. So I try to get about six, seven, eight hours of sleep. So, but for my training schedule with kids, I train at nine at night and finish about 11, get home about 12 or get home about like 1130 in 12, one, I'll probably go to sleep and I'm up at like 830. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get at least seven, eight hours of sleep, if not six bare minimum. Gotcha. But it's a little different with kids. It makes it <laughs> a little bit harder, but you got to make the sacrifices. So mm -hmm. that's one advice that I would give is prioritize your sleep. So eventually, do you want to talk on that from your perspective, the power of sleep and recovery for yeah, athletes? Yeah, You know, we notice that right away when athletes walk through the door. If they're out hanging out, if they're been out all night, if they had a good night's sleep, they're playing Call of Duty all night. You know, we notice that right away. And um, we've had athletes that are too tight where because they're not doing proper recovery where we can't even train them for the day. So that's a whole day wasted, right? So for us, that changes up your programming for that week. So now we got to figure something else out. Luckily, we're good enough for what we can, but we like to stick to the routine. So sleep, recovery, hydrate are very important. I would say they're even more important than lifting weights. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, I've done a lot of just research and study kind of on my own throughout the pandemic, and I've learned that essentially sleep is one of the most important factors. Mm -hmm. If it through evolution, like we've gotten rid of things that, you know, have been a detriment to our ability to survive in life. But yeah. the one thing we've never been able to get rid of is we have to lay still, yeah. unconscious <laughs> at night. It is, yeah. it's biologically yeah. key to even just like normal office people, right? right. And cognition goes up, reactions go up, yeah. uh, performance. I mean, that's when your body recovers, you know, in all these different ways. So I'm not going to go on and on about that, but like we can't stress enough how important sleep is for athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think... I, it's unconfirmed, so I, I'm scared to say this, but Usain Bolt, when he uh, set one of his world records, he'd only been awake for 45 minutes because he was power napping right before that because it was so powerful for him and his team and stuff. So uh, anyways, um, good. I appreciate you hear that. Uh, my last question is just really like how do you decide when you wear your belts? You know, after you went and sit on weekends, weekdays, or do you just put up on the mantle and leave it? Uh, so I wear it probably uh... – like a week, maybe two weeks. Grocery store? Not, nah, I'm not that type of dude. <laughs> like, I wear it the night of, like, when I win it. Like, this is what I say. Like, I'm, I got a bad habit of, like, pushing it aside and wanting to get the next one. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm always striving for what's next. And now, like, with this belt, because this is my first pro belt, I have, like, 12 amateur belts and gold medals and all that, but this is my first pro belt. So I wanted to 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 be in the moment with it, enjoy yeah. it, and and take my time with it, and just enjoying what I've accomplished. And like instead of just like, all right, I've accomplished it now, what's next? Like I'm already past that one. I'm like, what's where's my next one? Yeah. At? Where's my next one? Mm -hmm. So that was the the biggest thing I did this time was enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, are you a, a shoulder sling or waist? I wear it because I I ain't trying to. 
be pushing it up. I'd rather just have it on. He let you touch it, DaVinci? Yeah, I touched it. I touched the belt. Yeah, but he let you, right? Yeah, he let me. Okay, I didn't good. take it. I'm not crazy. Oh, he tried to. Yeah, I'm not crazy. We got to fight for I challenge, that. I, I challenge him all the time, then I run away. Like rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> yeah. so where you have a chance. I'm like, what's up? Let's fight. Then he puts the leg up. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm always he just dangles yeah, it. Ready. He's always ready. I'm like, dang. <laughs> so if anything happens, I'm calling Troy. Yeah, exactly. That's I'll why. fight for free, though. <laughs> <laughs> Them days pass. I love it. Hey, I, Troy, got, I got you, DaVinci. You already know. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. Well, obviously, Troy, um, it's been great to get to know you. It's been great to see your journey. Thanks for sharing a lot of your story out there. So I think we're going to open a lot of eyes and ears to people who probably haven't really been exposed to Muay Thai and kickboxing lane. So I think it's great that you're able to kind of talk about your transition from your traditional team sports into the individual and the mentality change. So uh, it's been great, man. It was a pleasure, man. Have fun. I'm definitely... And we'll have you back on after you win your next fight in 10 seconds. Yeah. I'm going to try to let this one go. He said it the last time. Yeah. I say it every time. <laughs> you don't play through You don't play through meat, right? Or your food, your prey, right, whatever right. it is. Yeah, eat your food. Don't and, play and your and food. His, he's probably looking at like a dollars per minute thing. He's like, I'm efficient. Right. Very. I don't he get paid get by tired. the round. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So anyways, we're super excited. We'll definitely lean into uh, world-ranked. Uh, Troy Trouble Jones out here. But if, uh, anyways, if you haven't, go follow him on social media. We'll put links in the description. Uh, if you enjoyed this one, we ask you to share it, leave a rating in the in the the store if you could. Helps people find us. But that's gonna wrap us up. Uh, take the advice from Troy. Get your sleep, recover, get hydrated. Um, it's gonna give you the difference in the margins for everyone else. So anyways, that's gonna wrap us up. Hope you enjoyed this one. <laughs>